0: I was very drawn out. Good morning, Mrs. Angel. How are you?
1: Oh, my friend, my friend. I'm living the dream. I sound a little rusty, Ah. Um, but that might be because I was a voyager. I travelled... Traveled the seas.
0: I traveled go, the seas,
1: yes. I traveled the seas to go to Oregon, Oregon, Eugene, and then I traveled back <laughs> over the seas. Origin. And then I came back. <laughs> I'm still a little bit jet lagged. And then it, yes. shortly after coming back from the, traveling the seas, then I mm. traveled not quite the seas, but I traveled the lands to go down to visit a friend in Melbourne. Yes. Um, yes. yes. Uh, namely, the beautiful, uh, mrs white
0: the beautiful mrs uh, white the beautiful yes.
1: mrs white to celebrate with uh you guys at her 40th birthday it was a glorious event i lost my voice singing you're the voice on the dance floor <laughs> um
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah. my apologies that i sound um like i could have a second job on a call line so oh, how no. are you uh.
0: I'm very well and I too am struggling to get over the effects of the weekend uh, but it was a cracking uh, cracking evening it was great to see you and uh, back at the back at uh, school this week and it's going really really well what's what are you up to
1: um, before we kick into where I am currently, uh, because I travelled yes. the seas and then travelled the seas and travelled the lands and then went back to the lands and then I'm where I am now, um, the reason why you look <laughs> so good tonight, um, you uh. look great and I don't, is because I didn't travel with our amazing equipment that we've been gifted by uh, the beautiful our beautiful sponsor. <clears throat> um, so thank you so much to our sponsor who is... Uh, Mr.
0: White, Video Pro, <laughs>
1: excellent. I always, I always take all of the honors off you. So, Video Pro, I'm Video making Mr. Mr. White look amazing this evening, and me less so yes, because I'm in no a hotel substitute. room. There's and no sure substitute. Is no sub- there's no substitute for Video Pro equipment. That's true. Um, you are you are positively radiant. But what is that hanging from the ceiling behind uh, you, Mr. Yes, White? Yes,
0: I look and sound good uh, tonight or this morning because. In the background, I have our official Teachers Change Lives podcast poster up in the background. Oh. And for those who are on the podcast, it's attached to a fan eh, behind my head. It is the podcast's biggest fan and <laughs> it is dotted around in other places in behind me and see if you, the eagle-eyed viewers on YouTube might be able to spot another one.
1: It's a little, uh, little episode of where's Wally and it's not the big guy <laughs> in the middle awesome so, hey,
0: <laughs> hey, hey. All right. um,
1: so I am currently in Canberra so yeah. I think I've mentioned previously I have the privilege of working with some schools in Canberra five times each year so this is one of my visits it's day three um, of my uh, third visit so visit three I was at one of my schools this morning uh, today, um, and they—it was a wonderful day. They are absolutely thriving, implementing high-impact teaching practices. A couple of weeks ago, in the media, Ross Fox, who um, oversees the um, Canberra and Goldburn um, Archdiocese in um, in this area, he has done a massive overhaul of the education system here. It's very inspiring. He right. wanted to implement only teaching practices that work. Um, they've um, had undergone a whole lot of training in all of the schools that fall in this area and um, are seeing an absolutely transformative outcomes and improvements already after only three years of doing these practices. So very proudly, I'm one of the consultants or coaches that get to come down and work with some of these, co- um, these schools in their mathematics programs in primary schools. And yeah, the school I was at today, just um, I don't know. We've 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 hit a real traction moment, and it's super exciting. So, it was very um, fabulous to be part of it all.
0: Fantastic. Even though I sounded
1: um, sounded like I was struggling, but I'm not struggling at You're all. Not
0: that bad. You're going well. I, You're going well. How many schools? How many schools uh, are you going to visit, and how many schools are covered by this?
1: Yeah. So, I, well, this it's it's pretty massive. So, every school, every um, Catholic school in the Archdiocese in, Cap- in Canberra and Goldwyn. I think there's like 66 Ooh. schools or something like that so it's wow. on a pretty wide scale and because of the massive impact this has had on student results, uh, now the Archdiocese in Tasmania is now taking it on board so um, so they are now implementing high impact teaching practices down there and kind of undergoing this retraining process with their staff which is super exciting. Um, and the teachers that I'm working with today, they're feeling empowered. They're feeling um, like they're they're excited about the success that their kids are having. They're sharing practice. It's just, it's a beautiful time to be a teacher um, in the Catholic system in Canberra and Goulburn. And I'm so, in, I'm, yeah, very privileged to be a part of um, seeing that that'll happen.
0: Fantastic. What so, a big rollout. 66 schools. I know.
1: It's very, That's very amazing. cool. What, yeah. Ross Fox. Yeah. Um, who wasn't an educator, so he just came in and asked some questions around. So, what are we doing, and and how do we mm-hmm. do it, and mm-hmm. what does the science say say behind this, uh, and uh, and and then had a look at that, and then has has then, um, yeah, slowly that's... and then quickly rolled this all of all of this out, and quickly have seen a real shift in student outcomes. And so it's not really
0: surprising, is it? I mean, in more um, walks of life, in more industries, we should be asking, well, what does the science say? Mm. What do mm-hmm. the data say? Let, let's work from that and um, put that at the forefront of our thinking, yeah. and then reshape what we're doing in order to maximise the outcomes.
1: Couldn't agree more. Brilliant. And it sounds it sounds simple, but then you know, there's a lot of there's politics. There's so much involved sure. in all of it. Um, mm. So it's exciting to see this happening on such a large scale um, across a whole system, and then and and then another whole state now is taking on board. Super super exciting.
0: Yeah, very anyway, exciting.
1: Enough of me. Wonderful. What, uh, what's been happening with you? Other than partying on with your gorgeous wife, what else has been <laughs> happening?
0: Um, I've been at a conference for the last two days with the Geography Teachers uh, Association of Victoria. Uh, I'm a geography teacher as well as an English teacher, and it's been um, it's been fantastic. It's been really, really good. Uh, the first day was a series of, uh, of discussions and lectures, and today was brilliant because we got to go out in the field, and a big part of geography is field work. So got out into the field and um, gathered some data and then looked at new ways to do that, new um, mostly technological advances that we can look at, um, the ways that we use different tools that we have. I mean, this iPhone thing that we all have or this smart device that we all have just empowers the students and empowers everyone really. But there are so many opportunities to be taking data um, and the students can use that in their report. It's, it's brilliant. It's really interesting. Yeah, really is that's
1: great. How mm. cool that a, a conference being so hands on. That's, yeah.
0: well, that's amazing. That's the way geography teachers roll.
1: Yeah, that's great. But yeah. often <laughs> it's not the way. I do remember at university um, sitting through a two hour um, and I did go to three universities, so it's okay. This doesn't give away which university this was. Um, I sat through a two hour lecture on engaging teaching practices. Um, it was just two hours,
0: <laughs> and it was boring.
1: If, if that if that if that ain't an oxymoron, I don't know what it is. All right, tell me, tell me you're impressed. Is that do not as, a use of an oxymoron? Not as
0: I do. A, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah, right. Exactly,
1: exactly. So it's not it's not always the way that you get to go to professional learning that no. um, actually is is in line with what you, what you do. So that's, yep. I'm
0: excited. That's awesome. Yeah. It's good fun. It's good fun. Cool. Good fun. I've also got um I've got parent teacher interviews this week as well. It's a very busy week for me. Yeah, uh, Parent teacher interviews. And I'm excited about those because it's an opportunity again to, uh, to have a chat to, to parents and to talk about the learning of the students and basically just to um, have a chat and get to know each other uh, you know better because I know most of them but for some people it's first semester with them so I'm learning as well so it's it's fantastic it really really is uh, exciting week for me
1: <laughs> that's great that's great. well and obviously building off the excitement after seeing my husband and I obviously over the weekend having a stay literally at your house it would have just blown your mind
0: Blown my Having mind, pic- I am- have- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm, a- I'm all worn out, I'm overexcited, I'm overstimulated.
1: <laughs> Having a piece of Queensland right there in your living room for two whole days, it was out of this world.
0: <laughs> it was, it was. All right,
1: so this evening we we have actually joined so that we can listen to one of, one of the interviews that I recorded whilst overseas, um, over the seas to where I went to Oregon in Eugene. Can I just recommend to any Australian that you should go to Eugene because they think Aussies are these mythical creatures. Mm-hmm. They think that our accent is like this musical, lyrical, beautiful thing rather than just Bogan, Queensland. I nearly I, I didn't leave. If it wasn't for my for my gorgeous husband and my child, I would never have come back. <laughs> because they thought that we were uh, just amazing over there. So Aussies head to Eugene, um, and I was over there for the the Nifty Conference, which is the National Institute for Direct Instruction. Uh, and so, whilst so I've I've had a few educational heroes in my in my career that I've stumbled across because of research that I've read or readings that I've read. Um, many years ago, I got to meet one of my educational heroes, Jeffrey Canada. Um, after I won a teaching award, and I got to go over to Harlem to um, to look at the Harlem Children's Zone over there, and it was um, life changing stuff. And actually, I, I didn't get to meet Jeffrey in um, over in Harlem. I actually had to stalk him all the way to Dubai until I, <laughs> I until I captured him in a courtroom where not. Anyway, it sounds weird, but, um, he was, he was debating, he was in a debate in a conference against somebody. Or other. It was phenomenal. Anyway, I got to live a dream there by meeting the man who has really inspired my career. The other person who has really inspired my career, um, is, a, um, a man who has now, um, unfortunately, sadly passed Siegfried Ingelman, who was one of the founders of, um, direct instruction. And, uh, so he, he 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 is a genius. He came up with with direct instruction, and then now what we know as the science of learning is is totally enacted by direct instruction. So he kind of unlocked the code back a long time ago, and um, and worked out the way that kids really learn. And then the way that I came across this was that one of my um, great leaders that I worked with pointed me towards. Project Follow-Through, which is the largest educational research that has ever been conducted in the world over a period of 10 years. And it showed that over tracking students over a period of 10 years, um, over nine different pedagogies of which they shortlisted down to seeing not across nine different pedagogies, um, which ones had the highest effect size. So direct instruction came out um, the highest um, in all three categories, so a positive effect size in academic um, growth in um, higher-order thinking skills and also in building self-esteem. So none Mm. of the other ones that they looked at saw a positive effect size in all three of those areas, and direct instruction saw a staggering positive effect size in all three of those areas. So when I read that research, I became um, really interested in direct instruction, which then led me to obviously hear know who created it, Siegfried Engelmann, so this uh, and everything we do at Mastery Schools Australia is underpinned by the science of learning, so we do a lot of um, direct instruction. So when I was given the opportunity by um, the founders of my organisation, Tony and Michael um, Roberts, I, to go over to the NIFTY conference was super exciting, but then even more exciting was that the course that I did, the Administrator's course, um, which was only 12 people across the world that were doing that course this year, uh, one of my instructors was Kurt Ingelman. The son, wow. of the son of um, my absolute educational hero being okay. Siegfried <laughs> Engelman, known as Zeke. And um, so I got to spend five days locked in a room with Kurt Engelman, super exciting for me, less so for Kurt Engelman, I can assure <laughs> you, um, and uh, was able to just um, learn so much more stuff about direct instruction. And I got to sit down with him uh Not only for my five days, I asked him to spend a lunchtime with me as well so I could capture um, how he feels about education and some of his ideas and ideologies and and kind of his education as well. Fantastic. So shall we have a listen to my interview um, with Kurt Engelman as our awesome producer is clicking buttons. Please know I was very (laughs) jet lagged. Very, very jet-lagged as I was interviewing Kurt Engelman. No judgment.
0: No judgment.
1: All right. Um, As I said, I am the most fortunate uh, educator in the Australian country right now to be here um, with uh, meeting one of my educational heroes, one of my – the family of heroes – Um, I am at the uh, National Institute for Direct Instruction Conference and I'm getting to meet with uh, Kurt Engelman. Uh, So obviously um, his father, Sig, um, was one of the creators of Direct Instruction. And um, so we're here to obviously talk with Kurt today about, um, we always kick off with with, uh, talking about a great teacher and how they have um, inspired you. So did you want to um, kick off with that? Tell us uh, sure. a bit about your, your upbringing
2: and a teacher who inspired you. Well, upbringing would take a while. I'll start with the teacher who inspired me, and that was Dr. Dirk Tenbrink, who was my physics teacher in high school. He happened to also be the father of one of my best friends, um, but but just as a teacher, he was, he was very inspirational. Um, a quirky guy who not only knew everyone's name but he was used he used to take role in those days. I don't know if it's still done in all in, yep. in high schools in in Australia, um, taking role. And he gave us each nicknames. I think mine was Kurtleman, that was <laughs> you know quite a while, quite a ways back, almost half a century ago. Yeah, and he also had sayings that he put up on the board that were. Physics related, but they they went beyond that. Um, one of them I recall quite well was, "The universe is not only stranger than we know, it is stranger than we can know." I mean, pretty philosophical there that's right, that's right. it is. Yeah. And on the other a- end, he had one that was, a difference. To make a difference must be a difference, and that one in particular stuck with me because, as you. Go through life as you go through getting your degrees and your job. You have to know what is worth the time to, to pay attention to instead of always making sure that the papers are just completely in place, for instance, all the pens and pencils yes. where they need to be. Does that make a difference? And that's helped me in the job that I have now, which is student performance is the focus and everything builds out.
1: Love it, absolutely love it. And so, what um, can you talk to us about your your alumni? So, where did you go to school, and and then and then what? Where did you go to university? What did you study, um, and how does that link to to what you did now? So, you were inspired by a physics teacher, um, but then, but so so so, where did you go to elementary school?
2: The elementary school was at Garden Hills Elementary in Champaign Urbana because. Direct instruction started at the University of Illinois as a preschool program. A lot of people don't know that. And there's a great black and white video of my dad teasing with kids who have been through uh, one or two summers of of preschool with only 20 minutes a day. And if you've seen it, you've seen the incredible math that they know. And it doesn't show direct instruction teaching. So that's Garden Hills Elementary uh, finished up. We moved out to Illinois. I'm from Illinois to Eugene in 1970. Finished up my sixth grade year because in those those days elementary school were sixth grade uh, at Condon Elementary, where actually the law school is now. The university owns the building, and um, and then to uh, Roosevelt Middle School, which had a program that was really quite anti-di. Um, it, it led the Teachers create their own courses, and kids select which courses they wanted. So it was based on popularity. Mm-hmm. Although the parents could sign off. So, like our parents said, "Well, you're going to be taking English every quarter. You're going to be taking math every quarter, science every quarter. You can't just choose to do archery, which was one of the fun things that I had. everyone or,
1: everyone liked yeah. to Yes,
2: but even within in that language arts, since I took a poetry class. Um, as a seventh or eighth grader, I could not know exactly that it, it hadn't had an influence on me, and then um, went from there to South Eugene High, home of the Axemen. But now it's the Axe because Axe Men, the Men was dropped. Oh yes,
1: okay. So, so politically not correct. Well more, done.
2: Yes, <laughs> accepting, acceptable, broadly. Mm-hmm. After that, I went up to the University of Washington for one year, um, and decided I, I was I didn't want to. The way came back at the University of Oregon. Uh, physics was—I uh, did take physics for one year, and then I just decided that wasn't what my interest was. And even though I hadn't really had a lot of success in language, I um, took history and Russian. <clears throat> so then, uh, after, as part of my senior year, I w- went abroad and studied Russian at LGU, Leningrad State University. Um, And then that became my passion. I got my master's in Russian area studies, as it was called, at the University of Washington. Uh, Got my Ph.D. in geography. I've only taken one education class. So here's the big secret. My experience in education was from the time I was 14 years old, I was working at the Corps I was tutoring, my dad and others would come in, so I wrote items for all kinds of programs in reading, uh, reading mastery and corrective reading, expressive reading, I'm sorry, expressive writing, um, spelling mastery also, which I know is big,
1: Making Down under, yeah. that's
2: right, um, but what happened between the time I got my graduate degree, uh, or sorry, my undergraduate degree at the University of Oregon, and went off to get my master's. That's when I had a few very intensive years um, working with severely autistic children. There was a methodology that my father and Jeff Colvin put together, and I picked it up really quickly, and after just a couple of years, I was running a summer school um at age 23 for for artistic kids and non-verbal children using this wow. methodology so that was really an important time because i went off to the university in this soviet and post-soviet focus went over to the soviet union was one one of the first people to stay in uzbekistan americans to be in uzbekistan and I, studied Uzbek, don't know it nearly as well as as Russian. And then um, but it was in 2000 that my father asked me to come back from Seattle. And so that was my next extensive training period because I was actually uh, administrative director is what I was called. But I was the hands, the eyes and ears of Mary Gleason, who's one of the authors of of rewards yep. she was our director of training at the time and had gary davis and jerry silbert etc in other words i get this incredible mentoring and what the
1: conversations that you would have been a part of and and,
2: uh, and very very specific direction when i'd fly down to los angeles we were working with four huge schools there um k through k through five schools that had the smallest of them gigantic at schools um, I would report back daily and get get uh, input daily on what to do so that was a huge way in which I learned the direct instruction model yeah
1: wow and then so
2: that was in 2000 and then and then 20, 2023 right where have the 23 years I gone I would say <laughs> yes. kind, of, kind of starting to show I' <laughs> so to speak.
1: Um, not since the, the videos that i watched of you in the, the black and white videos. Very cool. um, so, so there's a lot that's happened in the world in the last 23 years. And, um, and uh, possibly not all of our, unfortunately, possibly not all of our, our listeners um, know about Project Follow-Through. Do you want to talk a little bit about Project Follow-Through?
2: And- I, I can. And from my perspective, it was one growing up in which my father was away. He was away half the time I was growing up, going to the different sites. So Project Follow-Through was and still is the largest educational experiment in the history of the world that we know about. Yeah. And the, the notion was to see what could be done with students of high poverty, Title I is the, the name of the federal program. Um, what could be done to improve their, their performance and the federal government really opened up the gates to the full range of different educational theories. And so each model was given various schools to implement, uh, in, implement the model. And there were pre-tests, post-tests, a lot of money that went into, um, into this with something like 178 communities across the country involved. So that you had inner urban, you had rural, you had different ethnic groups, whether it was African American, Native American, Hispanic schools. Um, the way that the models were connected with schools was that there were there were parent committees that selected what the schools would implement, and the sponsors would come to these conferences and do presentations on what on what's a model, yes, yeah. what you could choose from. And direct instruction was the most popular of all those models. Um, and, and there were sites, as it said, Cherokee, North Carolina. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the one. starts with a rose. Rosebud, South Dakota. These were all names I heard about because my father was coming back from them. Uh, as first, when he went to make presentations, and then much more so, implementing what was going on. Uh, there is online, I don't know if it's online, we had a couple years ago a um, celebration, uh, a meeting of the 50th anniversary of something at the university and then also at the Engelman Becker Corporation, in which all of the project managers who are still alive got together and there are videotapes of that. Oh, wow. We should put that together into some sort of documentary. It's a
1: gratitude. Yeah. Um,
2: the final evaluation took place in 1977, so it was 1968 is when it started in 1977. And the results were really clear, but evidently haven't been conclusive to a lot of people. <laughs> it, the kids in the direct instruction model were higher in everything. Yeah. So in mathematics, in reading, in spelling, those were the uh, language. Those were the, <coughs> the academic subjects that were tested, but they were also tested in terms of uh, basic skills, problem solving skills. There were three different categories: yep. higher 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 order thinking, higher skills. Order thinking skills. Thank you, yep. and effective skills, self image, how they thought how about, themselves. about themselves. And <laughs> consistently, the AI kids were were higher than all the others but not only higher than all the others, and there were only nine models that made the grade. They had to have multiple sites. So originally there were more models involved, but they weren't selected by the the parents, but you still had a huge range of of, uh, Piaget and Discovery um, uh, models included as well as behavioral models, the whole spectrum. Um, But if you take a look in terms of just the, the the scores the percentile scores of the kids they went from the 20th percentile to nearly the 50th or above the 50th in language the kids were above the 50th 50th percentile uh in reading they were only only at the 40th percentile but who could complain uh, about that kind of growth yeah yeah uh, yeah. 20 percentage growth in comparison to to their peers yeah and we would love to redo something like that. This is before oh, yes. Nifty was created, yeah. which is to help to make sure that there is systematic, there was training, but we've made it much more systematic, coaches training, training for uh, administrative leaders yep. such as yourself. Yep. So we would love to redo it again. Ah. Because, and, the, and the programs have been even improved upon. Yeah,
1: absolutely. It's, it's just, it is so systematic. It's, there's, there's no margin for error, it's, it's not like you're testing, you're not trialling things on kids, this is, this is it, this is the whole package that is hand-on heart stuff that works, works for kids, not just, I love that it, wasn't, it doesn't just improve low-level kids, yes. it's, 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 it improves all, all students um, and not just low, you know, for kids from a poverty background, it, just, it works for, for all kids and their self-esteem improves, Every, everything improves uh, and teachers um, know that they're making a massive massive right. difference um all right so so what next hopefully a big study the next big study the the next biggest educational study to 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 come out and uh, have a look at it all again
2: well it, it's really hard to predict what's going to happen next i i, mean, I wish i could dictate what yeah. would happen next. <laughs> i i tell you what our goal would be and this doesn't matter where in the world it takes place is to have the full immersion model the comprehensive Model DI used as the core for all kids starting at the earliest grade level, whether it's kindergarten, reception, um, and and have them go through the programs, um, all of the programs in DI, and then have good small DI teaching at their their skill level and see if the degree to which we can accelerate their learning yep. from K to 12. With the elementaries. Feeding into the set of the secondary school or schools to see the degree to which we could, we could do this, and unfortunately, we've had a few pieces of a feeder system like that in place. And a new administrator or new leader comes in, they want to do something different yeah. or improve upon it, um, and and so it's fallen apart. Yeah. Uh, where things go next, you know, the science of reading is really big here, I think it may Massive be bigger yeah. but how it's getting interpreted is sometimes mind-boggling. Yeah. There have been a couple of states like Arkansas and Texas that have deemed that reading mastery doesn't do some systematic, direct instruction of phonics, and you're wondering who is making these decisions? And so there has not been a big rush so far to direct instruction. Uh, much insane. less getting partners who, who share this vision of, of having kids start the earliest grade level and getting instruction that is clear that on a daily basis corresponds to their skill level yep. teach them their mastery so they're ready each and every day Yeah,
1: effective, efficient and and so that they lay a, a, a solid
2: platform for a bright future for every single child not just for some sure. children and we have had pieces of this in the past. City Springs Elementary, which maybe I've mentioned that session or not, yeah. um, 100% free or reduced lunch, virtually all of 100%. They had continuing kids, kids who started the program in kindergarten, um, who finished both, finished all of the reading mastery levels, and then were in a middle school history text understanding U.S. history as fourth and fifth graders. So they, they, and they were from high poverty backgrounds, yeah. language, poor backgrounds. But if you build up that language understanding as well as the other content skills, that's what you can achieve.
1: Absolutely. Oh, it's ex- it is exciting. Um, and I know you've got a million other places to be. So, um. Thank you so much for spending time with me and um, and all of the other teachers who tune in for Teachers Change Lives podcast. I know that people are, that teachers are leaving the profession, and it's um, and it's just so imperative that they don't. Um, any last statements about how important teachers are to the world?
2: Teachers are the ones who do it, yeah. and and one reason why I am interested in this Administrative Leadership Institute is because. The environment needs to be set so teachers can mm-hmm. succeed, where they have students who can be homogeneously grouped so they're not trying to teach to the high and the low ones at the same time. They have a program that is clear that, that has an incremental st- step structure yeah. so that, that kids can learn to master and all the other supports that are there, their training, et cetera. So yes, teachers, please stick in there. Uh, If you are doing direct instruction, please do it with Fidelity. Fidelity, If there's something that's holding it back, go to your local school leader because we want it to be successful. And it's only in that way can we really demonstrate uh, how our students can be so successful. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Um,
1: one of my, um, educational heroes. I've just ticked a, a bucket list item off. Um, I'm sitting here with Kurt Engelman. Um, I've got so many people that I've got to go back to Aussie and show this video to some of my, my leaders who introduced me to pro, um, Project Follow Through. I want to say hi to t- Troy Ascot. Can you say hi to Troy Ascot?
2: Hello, Troy.
1: Oh my gosh. That's going to rock this <laughs> world. All right. Um, thank you everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Teachers Change Lives podcast. See you later.
0: <laughs> wow how good's that
1: oh how much, how much I, was, I was fangirling like I was I, I
0: don't I was think so I've ever ba- seen you
1: so nervous <laughs> <laughs> I was a total hardcore fangirl I'm so embarrassed but I'm not embarrassed no because no embrace live, it living, it. My, <laughs> living yeah. my dream so many wow. ums and ahs but it's okay and absolutely, I want to just pause and say uh, a massive thank you to Troy Ascot. Like, um, mm. he was uh, so imperative to my leadership journey. He challenged me um, in lots of good ways and lots of bad ways, but <laughs> he has absolutely been critical to making me the teacher and the leader that I am now. And um, and uh, one of the re- like, he he linked up with. Michael Roberts, who is the founder of Mastery Schools Australia, which is who I'm working for now. And Tony, Tony Hatton um, Roberts is somebody I've employed at every once I heard about Project Follow Through. There is no greater educator in Australia other than Tony Hatton Roberts. Um, she's the only person who's won the Direct Instruction Educator of the Year, the first non American who won the, the Direct Instruction Educator of the Year. And mm-hmm. she's an Australian. She's one of the founders of Mastery Schools Australia. So um, one of the very first people in Australia to be enacting DI with fidelity, like I am genuinely living my dream and getting to meet an educational (laughs) hero.
0: Yeah, wow, what a bucket list. And
1: and being so cool, being so cool (laughs) about it.
0: (laughs) Oh, you did. With such grace and aplomb. Well done, well done. I didn't didn't realise that DI started or had its origin in preschool.
1: Yeah. Well they gotta start like, right at the bottom.
0: Yeah, it, I mean it makes sense. I mean I don't know why I didn't think of it, I just thought it was a yeah. higher higher, you know, later years sort of thing. But it's it's definitely not. I mean that makes so much sense. Yeah, laying are, that
1: strong foundation yeah, absolutely. so that then we don't we don't need intervention in the future. The, the big exactly dream right. for for nifty is that we don't need intervention. If we if we yeah. lay this that super strong um foundation and the whole Thing with direct instruction is that it's only um, 15, a maximum of 15% of new knowledge introduced each day and 85% of, rep, of, of old knowledge. But mm. Science of Learning has said that we need 24 to 40 repetitions of something before yeah. it gets to long-term memory. Like, like yep. how often do you get to cover content 24 to 40 times, Mr. White?
0: No, very often. Uh, very, well, never. Really, yes. Um, exactly. In fact, the amount of times, the amount of times that we just look at what's on the curriculum, we just look at each other and just go, oh, "We're going to struggle to get how through this." How do we this. cover this? We, how do we cover this? And really, if we're missing a couple of lessons and look at each other, say, so "We're not going to, we're not going to get through this content." Once, we're definitely not doing it twenty-four to, 30, to forty times. Of course, absolutely. No. Which, which, which not. science
1: of learning is saying that we actually have to cover yeah. these things and not just cover it; we have to cover it well. Like yeah. or, or like there's 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 better exposures and less better exposures. And direct instruction, there's a lot of verbalizing in direct instruction and we know that verbalization, if you verbalize something, if everybody says something aloud, there's eleven to twelve percent better chance of remembering it. And direct instruction mm. is built on a whole lot of verbal rehearsal, which is is really, really important. So if we lay that strong foundation in in your spelling, reading and maths. From that early early years, then yeah. we don't have to. There's not clawing so much back. You have a closer to a um, homogenous group, like you talked about. Then as you're as you're teaching, but but there's rarely is there a grade three group right now that is actually at a grade three level. They're all over the place.
0: Yeah, and that's that's another thing. I mean, the the focus of um, of teaching is individual idea, individual learning plans, or making sure that you're catering to every student, and that that becomes. So, so broad a spectrum that there's, there's just no way that you could do it. And so you start clumping well, the students into small groups, yeah, and that doesn't yeah. work either. Yeah.
1: Mm. Unless, so, so it does work if you use direct instruction. You can, yep. you don't go off on tangents, you don't waste, you teach bell to bell. And my goodness, this mm. um, professional development, I was so, so jet lagged, obviously. We got over there, you know, flew in on Saturday, arrived on Saturday. Obviously, we went to some wineries on Sunday. Got kicked, asked to leave a winery. Well, we got we got transferred uh. from one winery to another because they closed, and they were happy with our patronage, but they were closing, and our and our Uber hadn't come, so they just moved us on to the next winery, which was um, beautiful as well. Uh, and then and then we then we hit five days of lectures, and mm. um and they but they weren't lectures. There was constant checking for understanding. That it was so I was so jet lagged, and I I. Learned in a room with uh, twelve other people for an hour and a half increments, but because the teaching and learning was so quality, I had yeah. at no stage did I feel like I was I was drifting off or I was I was losing track of anything because it was it was so engaging constantly. So and really impressive, really really impressive professional development when you've mm. got. Somebody who's travelled so far to be there, and um, and even not in their perfect physical state, is able to for five days learn for an hour and a half in three sessions throughout the day. So, um, the three four and a half hours of solid learning, and they teach bell to bell. If you're late. You don't get one of your little your little slips for well done. You arrived on time, and I'm a people pleaser. I won. <laughs> I went over in my luggage because I won so many books. These amazing books because I was <laughs> I was there on time. I was the first one there, the last one to leave. I was um, amazing, amazing professional development.
0: Yeah, amazing, unbelievable. And just yep. just on on the specifics of what he was talking about there the the maths, yep. the reading, the spelling, problem solving, higher order. And self-esteem, which is often uh, mm. so, it's so important in learning, obviously. Yeah. But I, I really liked what he was saying about um, the idea of phonics and, and moving, you know, moving away from teaching phonics and, and to whole language, as if as if students are going to just through osmosis, um, just absorb all the, the the scope of language all at once. It, yeah, it's got can't... to be broken up. It's got to be incremental. And it's it's on us. To create those learning experiences, so we can actually employ this this technique that clearly works.
1: Yeah, and thankfully, there's a movement. There's a there's a science of reading movement right now, um, and our government in Australia has gotten on board with recognizing that phonics is important. That phonics isn't science of reading; it's a part of science of reading. Absolutely, um, it starts in, starting with phonemic awareness, and obviously vocab, and there's a, there's more to it than just phonics, but it's absolutely imperative that we do teach kids phonemic awareness and phonics. Absolutely imperative. Otherwise, we're leaving them behind. And yep. you, you point you, any teachers out there, point to me the the five to seven kids that you're happy to just leave behind and make illiterate as they go along yeah. if we don't teach them in this particular way.
0: Yes, it's yes, not okay. Absolutely. All you right. Fantastic.
1: He was, wasn't He's he? Brilliant. Oh my mm. goodness. So <laughs> in a couple, in a couple of weeks, um, you, you can't actually believe that this gets, um, it's, it's equally, it's literally equally as good because you want to know who the other interview that I have coming out of Eugene is?
0: Who? Turns
1: out Kurt Engelman has a twin brother. <laughs> He does, named Owen Engelman. So stay tuned to watch me get just as equally excited. Yes, <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: yes. <laughs> I can't oh, believe oh, you missed You resisted the temptation to run them back to back. That's brilliant. I know, I know. Look at me exerting some self-control. <laughs> so, so,
1: so stay tuned. It's a different story, though, with Owen. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a very, very different story. They're they've got very different stories to tell. They're very, very different people. Um, so, obviously, so Kurt is the president of the National Institute for Direct Instruction, and um, and uh, Owen oversees the Engelman Beckett um, Corporation. So he's all about the programs that they're running, and Kurt is all about the training of um of how to deliver those programs so it's it's a different story a very different experience that they've had with growing up so be excited everyone it's not just going to be the same story all over again but you will see me fangirling all over again (laughs) um so uh stay tuned most definitely for that i'm getting like hot and bothered i'm just even (laughs) not because anyway it's (laughs) <laughs> highly, highly professional. Very excited about the educational journey that I got to go on, and I get to share it with my friend now, Mister White, as well. Yeah, which and is everyone great. Everyone else
0: out there, it's fantastic. It's brilliant. Love it. I love Indeed. the enthusiasm that you are bringing to it. But you know, what an amazing, amazing guy, and I love the passion with which he told his story.
1: So, good brilliant. news is is that um, uh, later on, a couple, of, a day later after I interviewed Kurt. Um, and I had asked him to sign one of Zig's books, his father's books, and he's like, Oh, Oh, that's not, that's not my work. I've not, I can't sign that. Um, but I do, I I have written a book and it's coming out next year. I was like, Kurt, I asked you what's next in the interview and you didn't mention that you've written a book and there's more coming out. Uh... He's like, Oh, you're right. Can we do another interview? Um, later in the year. So, Mark this place, let's hear all about um, what Kurt's latest research has been and I'm hoping that we will get to interview him later on in the year and tell you all about his book that is being released in 2024. So stay tuned, Absolutely. everybody.
0: Wow, well, that's th- some serious sizzle. That's great. It is.
1: <laughs> it really is. <laughs> all right. Well, let's, let's leave on some serious sizzle then, Mr. White. Yes. Um, and let's see you next week. Then for another episode of Ah, Teachers Change Lives podcast.
0: Look forward to it. Have a great week, everyone.
1: Bye.
0: Bye.